This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or Aragon books page-by-page and chapter-by-chapter. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Shelby or Sheacup. Before we get started, please leave us some ratings or reviews on Apple or Spotify. Or And if you leave us five stars and some words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. Also, you can join us on Discord at the Cups Podcasting and more. You can find that link in the episode description. And so today we are talking about the chapter, A Clash of Wills. And so this chapter kind of opens with them traveling and they stop to rest and they get surrounded by these men and they reveal that they are slavers. And Aragon is immediately filled with kind of rage and memories of Drosleona and all of that. And so they start moving around them and they discover Arya. And they basically comment on like, oh, there's an elf. The Empire is going to pay a great price for this. This basically sparks Aragorn's anger and a fight breaks out. And so they fight with magic, dragon, and their own skill, basically scaring off the soldiers Uh And there's a kind of conflict there and the leader is knocked down and he's unarmed. And then Murtag basically cuts off and just like kills him straight off, clean beheading. And this horrifies Aragon. And he's just like, why did you do that? Why could you do that? Like he had surrendered. He was unarmed. And Murtag basically defends with the kind like no life is more important than my own. I have to do what I can to survive. And then it leads with Aragon basically feeling very, you know, troubled by Murtag's actions and the resulting fight that ensued after that. And that's what happens in this chapter. Again, just a big moment, a lot of action, but not a lot of events. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before we get into kind of the conversation about the slaves or the slavers and um, the ethics and all of that, I wanted to note that the the text says that Murtag is controlled and unemotional. Hmm. I just found that to be very interesting because so far he's been everything but that. Right. But yes, so the group, they're slavers, they are, I guess it's really interesting to me that Safira and Aragon are able to frighten them away just with their magic and um, by the presence of Safira. So, and like they do fight, but they're so startled that that allows them to 
get in um, and start that fight. So I think that is significant. But yes, so Murtag kills the leader, Torkenbrand. And that's kind of the main thing that is reflecting upon in this chapter. But I feel like Murtag is completely in the right because at the end of the day, when you're running away, when you're living in this kind of like war torn land, like you have to look out for yourself. It's not like this Torkin brand guy was was a, a wholesome dad who like is raising his kids in a white picket fence and like does all the right things and is a farmer just trying to get by like. He's not an innocent guy. He's a slaver. And not only is he a slaver, he's the leader of a slaver group and was going to steal them, kill them, potentially, if they acted up, and sell them for money. So, like, to me, I don't think this is that big of a deal. Aragon clearly disagrees with me. I think that, like, we really see, like, I don't think there is necessarily a right ethical choice in this situation. I don't think anyone who anyone who hasn't been in the exact situation that they're in could comment on the ethics of the situation because you don't know what you would do or what would happen there i think with aragon and versus murtag in this there's just a conflict of the worlds in which they were raised like aragon in a lot of ways lives in a fairy world Mm-hmm. Like he lives in this fairy tale world where right and wrong are, are clearly defined, and there's a good, there's things that are good and there's things that are bad, and you are you do one or the other. And Murtag very much lives in the gray because he lives in a world where it's do terrible things and survive or hold to that and die. And I think this is like a summation of if we go back a couple chapters to Theronsford when Brom robs the person that is basically doing the toll and Aragorn's like we could have you know argued with him. He doesn't own the bridge or this and Brom's like it's better to if you spend your time arguing with every fool you'll encounter, you'll never get anything done. Better to just give in and trick them when their guard is dropped. And so we see this, like, Brahms got probably not as much of a grade morality as Murtag does, but a grade morality. And then... I just think that, like, Aragon is not thinking practically in this. I think Brom would have killed him too, because I think he would have said, we can't risk word of your location getting anywhere. Right, right. Absolutely. Exactly. And we can't risk rumors about you starting. We can't risk information about you spreading. And not only that, we can't risk the possibility that they turn back around and follow us and set a trap for us and capture us after all. Mm -hmm. But I think like this is a point with Murtag in that like it's this weird sense of honor that if you have to kill someone who can defend themselves it's somehow better than killing someone who is unarmed you mean from aragon 
from Aragon. And I think that like because of Aragon's power, because of the power that he gets with with Saphira, he doesn't always think that people who aren't right in front of him that aren't armed, he says like, oh, they're not threats to me. He doesn't see how a person themselves can be a threat. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's about all we have on that specific subject. But the last thing I wanted to mention before we get into predictions is that at the very end of the chapter, Safira says, I love you, little one. And that's the first time we've really ever heard her say, I love you to Aragon. Interesting. I didn't know that was the first time. I didn't pick up on that. I mean, I think that you can talk about we say I love you in all kinds of different ways, whether it's actually saying I love you or making sure that you have lunch before you go to work or that you have a jacket or whatever. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. following that principle, obviously, Safira has shown that she deeply cares about and loves Aragon in the past, but she's not necessarily ever said that like specifically out loud until now. I also think like Safira's role in this, I think she like shows a like greater wisdom in that I think she's probably on Murtag's side, if I had to guess based mm-hmm. on her other morality and everything like that. But she knows not to push it with Aragon. So let he needs to I think she knows deep down that he needs to come to his own conclusion on him on his own. Yeah, absolutely agree. Are we ready for predictions? I am. Okay, so I have two this time. So first of all, I think Aragon and Murtag are probably going to separate soon. I don't know how. I don't know why. Well, I know why. I don't know how or where or what anything like that, but I think that that's what's going to happen. And then my next one is that I think, um, I don't actually, I don't think that Aragon and Murtag will overcome this fight because I see this fight in this chapter as an extension of the last fight. I don't think they'll overcome this until Murtag is truthful with Aragon about his past. And that's a fair point. You know, how can you fully trust someone as a friend or someone to have your back when you will constantly know that they're hiding something from you? Right, exactly. You can't. Because, you know, when we don't know information, we invent stories in our head. And often the stories we invent are way worse than the actual truth is. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, if that's all you got, thank you all for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.